Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries and preacher of the heart, brother Marty Leeds. We are live from Missouri this morning, and we do service every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, thank you all for being here this morning. We are in Missouri um, right now. We're camping. So we just set up a camp a couple days ago and trying to get our shit together, if you will. And so that's our that's our home right now, and the dogs are not entirely settled yet. But um, before we get going, I just wanted to mention this. Um, how many we got coming in here? 32 this morning. Hey, Andrew Masonette and Interverse Podcast. Thank you all so much. Really appreciate that. Um, I just wanted to mention this before we get going this morning. So um, Jennifer and I just got here. We just left here for Missouri to basically move down here for a couple months um, before our place is built and you know work on the land and that sort of thing. And we ended up leaving. So I posted this on Instagram. We ended up leaving on essentially August 30th on the blue moon. And it's really coincided with a bunch of our other moves in this crazy synchronistic way. And it's and I actually sent uh, I sent this message to my brother Chance over there, Chance Bruce Pius, and uh, posted this on Instagram. And as so, this is what I posted. I said Jennifer and I signed the papers for our house in Hawaii when we first got our house. The day that her dad died, uh, we signed the papers, sent the picture to her dad, and then we don't even know if he saw it, and he ended up passing. And so, um, and he died on August 30th. And so that's when we signed the papers for our house in Hawaii. When we left Hawaii, we ended up staying with my folks, and we bought a house up north, and we moved in on, to that house officially on August 30th. So that's when we moved in and started working on it, essentially what we're doing here. And we just sold our house, that house, uh, last week, the other week, and then we left for Missouri the other day, and we weren't even sure when we were going to leave or whatever. Like, we were just like, you know, it's just kind of how planned. And we ended up leaving on August 30th on the super blue moon so and i and i posted i made a little joke i said obviously none of this was planned right um it's just how it all sort of happened and then i said i chalk it up to a bunch of random coincidences that clearly have no grander spiritual meaning so really crazy um am i is my mic peaking a little bit here sorry it turns down L really crazy how it all sort of worked out and happened um like i said none of it planned unbelievable synchronicities and, um, you know, it's things like this that just allow you to understand that there's there's something greater at work here. It's things like this that allow you to see, sort of see the magic. So when we were leaving, Jennifer figured that out and we were just like, holy shit. By the way, the days, the number of days we spent on the Hawaii Island turns out to be, I forget what it is. I think it's the multiplication of, of heaven is the exact number of days that we spent on the on the Hawaiian Island. I, I did that. A uh, long time ago, a bunch of synchronicities. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So this is house for the next, this is our home for the next couple months anyway. So, <laughs> so um, today we're going to do Matthew. We're back into the ch the book of Matthew, chapter 19. They twain shall be one flesh. And of course, there's lots of goodies in this chapter. So thank you all for joining me this morning. It looks like there's only 46 of you showing up. There should be 460, but that's okay. Um, let's do a prayer and let's get it going. Oh, that mine eye might closed be to what becomes me not to see, that deafness might possess mine ear to what concerns me not to hear, that truth my tongue might always lie from ever speaking foolish lie, that no vain thought might ever rest or heat conceived within my breast, or be conceived within my breast, that by each word, each deed, each thought, glory may to my God be brought. But what are wishes, Lord, mine eye on thee is fixed, to thee I cry. Oh, I purge out all my dross, my sin, make me more white than snow within. Wash, Lord, and purify my heart, and make it clean in every part. Amen. Pretty good. Got that from an old 
old newspaper. So, okay, let's get into it. Today we're going to talk about um, the theme of this chapter is going to be the alchemical wedding. And you're going to see that this entire chapter really is is, is showing how, um, in one sense, how esoterica works, how, how mysticism works, how basically you can have a conversation that operates on essentially two different levels. And that's really what we're going to see today. Um, okay, so let's get going. Matthew chapter 19, numero uno, number one. And it came to pass, comma, that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coasts of Judea beyond Jordan. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to see that they're talking in one verse here. They're talking about Trinitarianism, and they're also talking about star study, and we'll go over all of it. So the first line is, and it came to pass. This is a, it's a very poetic line. Like you, you'll see this in like poetry and it came to pass, you know, it's like the, oh, the days of yore, that kind of shit, right? And it came to pass. This is Trinitarian. Just break it up. Think about it. Okay. And it came to pass. Came means arrive at a specified place, right? So it came to pass means what? It means from change from one state or condition to another. So this thing came and then it passed and it came to pass. So we can see that there's the movement here. And so, once again, this is the subtleties and the ingeniousness of the Bible. So, in other words, the future, it entered into the present, it came and passed into the past. It came to pass. That's Trinitarianism. It's literally giving you, before the comma, giving you all the, the, you know, the necessary things that you need to understand that, hey, guess what? This is all talking about the movement of time. And that's what the whole thing is all about, to find the presence of Christ. This is the Trinity. Once again, um, you know, kind of harp on this, but it's it's really kind of sad that the fact that most Christians, the, the fundamental of the Bible is Trinitarian. It's all over the damn thing. It's all over it, right? People are like, well, the, the Trinity is not in the Bible. That's nuts. It's all over the damn thing. I don't know how many times we've, you know, you know, broken up the lines, you know, about like, oh, you know, the horses came to announce Jesus in the way and they've, they, you know, they, they've, you know, cleared the future and cleared the past, you know, all this other stuff. So this is, this is Trinitarianism. This is what it's all about. The father, the future, the son, the present, the preserver, and the past, the destroyer. Okay. And this is why we're Trinitarianism. This is why we're Trinitarians because it's, you know, it's all over the Bible. So, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coasts of Judea beyond Jordan. These are all constellations and we've covered all of them, but we'll cover them again. Okay, the first thing we're going to look at, look at it, it came to pass. And when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. Well, and we'll go over each one of these, but what we're going to see is we're dealing with the southern celestial uh, hemisphere right now, right? Jordan is the, Jordan means to, we'll go over each one of these, it means to flow down or descend. It's a river. That's what it means. That's a radness. That's on the right there. Radness is a river that's flowing to, down to the south. Right next to a radness, right on the Milky Way and on the Lake of Fire and all that area, you know, area right there, you have you have uh, Pupus, Vela, and Carina. You have Argonavis. And on Argonavis is a big sail. And we're going to see that Galilee basically means on the side of the sail, on the side of the ship. Okay, and we'll go over that. And then Judea, we're going to see, means just like, um, you know, the house of Judah is, is uh, Leo. It's the constellation of the hot, as we'll see. So the first thing we're going to see is they went to, um, what, what does he exactly say? To the coast of, um, excuse me, Came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan from Galilee. So let's let's look at Galilee. So first off, we see Gale. That's a gale. It's a mad, frantic wind. That's the root of the Galilee, right? And it also means on the side, a lee is on the side which is sheltered from the wind. So it's on the side of a ship that's sheltered from the wind. So in other words, on the other side of the big sail, right? Be under the lee of a ship. 
And Lee is also the direction opposite to the way the wind is currently blowing. Galal, as in Galilee, means to, to roll or encircle. So in other words, you have a mad, frantic, gale-force wind that's rolling and encircling. What is that? That's the heavens. That's the, cir- that's the circle of the heavens above that is whirling around, twirling around. The Galilee is, just as it says, it's on the side of the ship which is sheltered from the wind. What is on the side of the ship, if you will? Well, it's basically in the center of the whole thing. Okay. So Galilee is, they're telling you about a place in the stars, okay? And we also see, oh, from Galilee, he departed from Galilee and he came to the coasts of Judea beyond Jordan. What's Jordan? As we just said, Jordan is the Aradnus River. Jordan is a unique name of both Greek and Hebrew origins. And it can be, uh, in Hebrew, it means to flow down or descend. And that's the Aradnus River right there. So Aradnus, the ship, and then what's left? We have Judea. He came into the coasts of Judea. And we're going to see he healed them there. First off, let's break apart the word Jew, day, ah. Phonetically, Jew, day, ah. What is a Jew? It's a, a Jew. It comes from it's the root of the uh, word jewel. It's a gem. It's an inwards. It's a Jew. It's a precious stone. What is day? In Latin, it means uh, die, of course. Day, the word die is day in Latin, right? Of course, die is a cube. And day is what happens in day, light. So we have the precious stone of light, and ah is a vowel of elation, just like no ah, and that sort of thing, right? So even the word Judea is basically saying the light of a cube that's a jewel, and it's an elation of God. As we'll see, they're talking about the center of you. It's the six around one, okay? This is what we'll, what we'll see, and it's the line of Judea. So um, Judea, six around one. It's the cube. That's exactly what it is. It's the precious stone. What's in the, what's inside you? It's the precious stone. It's the light of Christ within, right? So we see this Judea. What is, we know it's actually the, well, we'll see. It's the constellation Leo, right? Of course, Judea, the biblical Judah, uh, is eponymous ancestor of the tribe of Judah. And what is it? Of course, you'll see it. It'll even say, this one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. So when we talk about Judea, Judah, what is it? It's the tribe of the lion. It's the heart. It's Leo, okay. So they 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 went past the Aradnus and the you know Jordan way past that, and then they you know over past the coast of Galilee or whatever, and then the coasts of uh, of you know of uh, of Leo, of Judea, if you will, okay. So let's go. Let's back. Let's go back here. And it came to pass, Trinitarianism, that when Jesus, the light, the spark that's within you, finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee, Argo Navis. And came into the coasts of Judea, which is Leo the lion, beyond Jordan, which is Aradnus. Then the next line is this. How do we know that coasts of Judea, he came into the coasts of what? Judah, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the lion, the heart. He came into the coasts of Judea, beyond Aradnus, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. That's the next line. Where did, he he- where did Jesus heal everybody, the multitudes? In the coasts of Judea, in the heart. Leo. So, is he, is he fighting a bird? <laughs> okay. So, so there we go. So the, those first two lines are all about star study and then relating that star study to, to you. 56 watching. Matthew 19.3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So they tempted, so these Pharisees came, after he just healed the multitudes in, in their heart, in their heart. Then the Pharisees came, the Jews came, 
and they tempted him. Okay, well, that makes sense, because what do the Jews do? Right? What do the Jews do? They tempt. That's what they, they do. The devil, that's what the devil does. And that's their father, the devil. To tempt, of the devil, flesh, draw or entice to evil, sin, lure someone from God's law. Temporal, of course, that's what this whole thing is going to be about. Choosing the eternal as opposed to the temporal. Temporal is worldly, it's secular, it's terrestrial, it's earthly, it's temporary, it's lasting only for a time. Temporal, earthly, temporalis, of time, denoting time, temporary. So when they came and tempted him, what are these Jews trying to do? They're tempting him into time. Tempt, tempo, temporary, temporal, temple, the temple of the human being. Temperature, right? Hot or cold. Temper, to temperate, temporize. What are, what are all these things? It's, it's references to what? Temporary, temporality, what do you want to say? Temporariness. <laughs> so what is temporary? Down here. And this is what the devil's doing. The devil is tempting you into time. Tempting, tempting you to keep you into time. The Trinity is actually in Christ. Almighty is trying to lift us out of time. And this is exactly what they're saying. Ah, oh, they came along and the Pharisees tempted him. He's teaching about the heart. They're trying to tempt him away from it. And saying, hey, is it lawful for a man... To put away his wife for every cause. So is it lawful to to uh, divorce your wife? That's what he's saying. And he answered and said unto them, and this is where we're going to see that Jesus is speaking on two different levels here. In one level, he's speaking to the people that can hear him, just as he always does. And the other level, he's, he's speaking to people that are not ready to hear him. Right? So then the, who's not ready to hear him? The Pharisees. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? Did ye not read the Old Testament? What did Moses say? That which he made them at the beginning made them ma male and female. So Jesus is, as we're going to see, Jesus is speaking esoterically here. And these Pharisees are, are listening to it exoterically. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they, and they twain shall be one flesh. They twain shall be one flesh. So once again, what are, the, what are, these, what are these doing? What are these demons, these Pharisees doing? They're trying to tempt Jesus, or they're trying to tempt, well, of course, Jesus into time. Just like the devil does, right? This is father time. Okay, and he's and then they're asking him, "Hey, what about twain shall be one flesh? What about what's going on? What what is this? Can we get divorced?" He said, well, "At the beginning, though, they were male and female." And he answered and said, "Have you not read that which in the beginning made them male and female?" Now, once again, he's speaking cryptically. Okay, and we'll see exactly. So, who did he make at the beginning? Adam, of course. Adam is the first being, right? He's saying Old Testament. He's speaking kabbalistically here. He's like, go to the Adam Kadmon. That's the first one. And in them began, was male and female. And this is Genesis 127. So God created us in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. The man, in this sense, is both male and female. Okay? And this is going to reference to, this is once again referencing the eternal spiritual world. Okay? Um, so what we're going to be deal dealing with here is, I can't even look at that. Um, what we're, what we're dealing with here is Jesus speaking literally or the difference between literal and anagogical. So what he's mentioning here is that, Hey, guess what? Marriage is sacred. Marriage is a sacred institution. So treat it as sacred. But he's also speaking about the sacred marriage, which is the alchemical wedding and the alchemical marriage. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Of course, this is the merging of the heaven and the earth. This is the first thing that you get, is literally the marriage of heaven and earth. In the beginning, what he's saying is the, 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 the man, Adam, was both male and female. 
So basically what Jesus is going to go on and say here is like, look, uh, marriage is sacred, but I'm also going to be speaking of the sacred marriage. Jesus, once again, demonstrates God's true and original intent. In this case, God means marriage is for, to be for life, treated as sacred. If you're going to get married, you know, you know, sign up for it and, and, you know, give your heart over to somebody and be serious about it, you know. Don't treat it willy-nilly. That's not to say this is one. This is the only reason that you know justify a divorce. He's basically saying the only reason you can divorce is you know fornication is what what we'll see. Once again, we'll see he's speaking on two different levels. So this is um, let's let's go here. For this cause, the beginning male and female. For this cause shall a man leave mother and father and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. What does it mean to leave the mother and father? What is the language here? What is the symbolism? of leaving the mother and father. It's growing up and going on, going out on one's own. That's what it is. So basically what is? You go, you leave the mother and father, they're taking care of you, and now what? Who's take, Who's ultimately taking care of you? Father, the father in heaven is supposed to be made in his image, that sort of thing. And so now, after this, the being leaves the mother and father, the care and the, you know, the authority of the mother and father, what happens? They have to grow up. They have to grow up spiritually. Which means what? They have to twain to the wife and become one flesh. He's speaking about spiritual spirituality. He's speaking about the sacred marriage, and we're going to see it, and I'll show you. And they're even going to show you the math, which is, this is insane. This whole thing about the sacred marriage, right? The alchemical wedding, the alchemical marriage is all about recognizing that you're born with, of, of the energy within is male and female, right? Just so you guys know that this is the process, the total process of the spiritual process. This is the core of it, basically what it is. This is the core of alchemy. If you have somebody talking about alchemy and they're not talking about this, they don't know shit about alchemy. I'm just here to tell you that, okay? Um, you'll find this at the core of all of these spiritualities, the alchemical wedding. This is Shakespeare. This is um, A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Midsummer's Night's Dream is one of Shakespeare's most famous plays, right? The entire play, every character in it is about the alchemical wedding. Every single one. I did a deconstruction of it. And you'll find that some of the greatest works of literature, that sort of thing, will be referencing the alchemical wedding. It doesn't matter if it's, it's the Bible or if it's, you know, like, you know, the Inferno or something like that. You'll find this there, okay? The verse that tells you that, that Jesus mentions the alchemical wedding is this. It's 19.4. And do you know what it's going to give you? The light of the sun. Watch. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Gematria total is what? 365. So I'm saying this is all about this entire thing. And I've been saying this for years now. is all about the merging of the man and the woman within to allow that sun of that light to rise within you. This is what I've been saying. This is what I'm saying William Shakespeare's saying. This is what I'm saying James Joyce is saying. This is what I'm saying the Bible's saying. This is what I'm saying when you get to the core of all the great traditions of the world, you will find this there. The very verse and the first thing that when Jesus starts talking about the alchemical wedding is what? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made him in the beginning made, made them male and female? It equals 365. It's the sun. It's the sun of the light within you. So, light within you rises, is allowed to arise and arise up to the Aries of the head and go out the head into the pole Aries, the pole Aries, and get into eternal life with God. This is what I've been saying. And you do this, how do you do this? 
You merge the male and female. You merge the, the man and woman. Wherefore, 19.6, they are no more twain, but one flesh. There's not a male and female anymore. It's become one. So once again, Jesus is speaking cryptically, spiritually, esoterically. And the Jews are listening to me like, I don't get it. So you'll see. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. So in other words, God made in, in the image, when you're made in his image and you recognize that and you reflect it, basically what he's saying is that, hey, the male and female are at one within and they're one shaft of light. They're one beam of light. And that is the perfected man. And you're going to see, he's going to say this to them and, and, and then he's going to be like, some of you are going to get this and some of you aren't. And he's going to mention it multiple times. 19.7. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, before we get this. So wherefore, let me, so sorry. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. This is the first man, okay? So, and this is across the world. This is what I'm saying. You'll find this idea across the world. This is Ardharishvarana or whatever. I forget how you say that. It's Hindu. There's Rebus. We'll talk about Rebus today. We'll talk about why Mercury. We'll cover that. Um, there's the Adam Kadmon. This is exactly what they're talking about with Adam Kadmon. This is, of course, the Adam Kadmon is the first man in... Um, in Kabbalistic literature, and Jesus is a reflection of the Adam Kadmon. You know, all the people that are, all the Christians that are like, ah, oh, it's got nothing, Kabbalah has got nothing to do with my Christianity. Au contraire. Au contraire. No, the Adam Kadmon is the ideal perfect man, and who is Jesus? He's the second Adam. Because he had to replace that icky Jewish one. Get it? Get it? So, when they said, ah, oh, they were one flesh in the beginning, one flesh in the beginning, this is why Eve was taken from Adam. We just covered the Ajway star myth about how, how the Sky Woman fell from, from heaven, didn't we? Sky Woman fell from heaven. Eve fell from heaven as well. Taken from Adam. What, what is this ultimately when we talk about the alchemical marriage and the alchemical wedding? First off, here's, the, here's alchemy. Once again, how do you put this in a damn test tube? You don't. It's talking about spirituality. Okay, so male and female all over the place, merged into one, just as God made right in the beginning. Don't put asunder what God has joined together. Don't put asunder, right? What is this recognizing? It's recognizing the total being, and it's what we keep talking about. Last week, we talked about um, DJ Mike Winter. We talked about the fact that when we went to Music and Sky and we saw this guy operate and how he was loving and caring and compassionate and laughing his ass off and that sort of thing and that sort of thing. And he's also, you know, very like, if you will, like being very homely and welcoming and, you know, nurturing and sensitive and that sort of stuff. And this guy also, after he's done with all that, spends two weeks out in the forest or whatever it is, week and a half or whatever, fighting fires right? He's embodying the total holistic being by what? Embodying both aspects of the masculine and feminine. Externally, we know what we are, right? Maybe nowadays, I don't know, but externally, you know what you are. You're a man. Okay, well, I got to play the role of a man. I got to do man shit. I got to be the protector. That's externally what I am. We're not talking about externalities here. The chapter will end with this. It's actually talking about internalities, the internal spiritual world, right? You have to recognize that you have both aspects of that and you merge them into the one 365 that rises right up, okay? Okay, so when we talk about the two aspects and, and being a holistic being, what do we mean? This is what I'm saying. The feminine aspect, nurturance, sensitivity, sweetness, supportiveness, gentleness, warmth, passivity, cooperativeness, expressiveness, etc., 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 modesty. As a man, you want to be those things. You want to be the poet and you also want to be the bad motherfucker, you get it, right? Masculine, independence, dominance, aggression, protector, provider, strength, courage, okay? 
It's like, I love, the, I love being more holistic. Why? Because I can sit down and write a soft song that might make you cry. And I can also go and build a shitter and, you know, and, and, you know dig holes and lay concrete and, and set up camp and do all that stuff. That's what it's all about being a holistic being. You're embodying all of that. This is the alchemical wedding. This is the alchemical marriage. It's the total human being. It's the perfected man. And Jesus is saying, well, number one, you Jews, you're just not going to get it. <laughs> number two, he's like, hey, this is what I mean. And you're going to see he's speaking specifically alchemically, mystically. Okay? This is what it's all about. It's recognizing that you were born what? You, a man, the energy of a man and the energy of a, a woman had to come together in order to form you. It's how life exists. It's how it works, right? This is... Um, the sun and moon, the masculine and feminine sides of the human being. That's what it's all about, okay? And as we say, this is why Jesus is the bridegroom. This is, what does that mean? I've heard, I've heard Christians talk about, Jesus, be my bridegroom. What does that mean? This is what it means. Now, the fact right now, we have the fact that it's like you have the, the, the trans movement, LGBTQ, and you know all that sort of shit. And so people see what I'm saying here, and they'll be like, what are you saying that we're supposed to cut off our titties? And blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We're not talking about external realities. If you deny your external reality, like I'm a, I'm, God made me a man, I don't feel like a man. Well, then you got issues, and you got issues. We're not talking about external, externalities. We're talking about internalities, okay? Once again... This is Jesus and multiple illustrations of Jesus. And what does he look like? He looks feminine. Don't, you can't tell me that, that those, those pictures of Jesus do not have feminine aspects of it. The one on the left looks got like rosy red cheeks. Up at, the, up at the right, he's wearing like pink. How about this one? This is from Durr. Look at Jesus there. That looks like a woman. That's Jesus Christ. By, by mastermind Albrecht Durr. I know I'm saying that incorrectly, but look at that. Okay, once again, I'm going to play this and then we'll get back into the chapter. I just want to hammer this point home. When we covered um, Walt Disney's Sword in the Stone, this is, this, is when, this is when the second time, if you will, when Arthur pulls the sword from the stone. And we're going to go over this and then we'll get back into the chapter. I say we let the boy try it. That's what I say. Give the boy a chance. Go ahead, son. It's a miracle ordained by heaven. This boy is our king. So the point that that I made when we did that video is what was happening there, right? In the middle is Arthur, the war, the little runt guy who was always ready. He was he's compassionate. He's ready for adventure. He's soft-hearted. He's a holistic being, right? He's not the like oh, I'm gonna be a warrior. I'm gonna be king, and I can have all the power and stuff like that. In that scene, what they're doing, Walt Disney is showing you the alchemical marriage and the alchemical wedding. So when I say, hey man, this stuff is in James Joyce. Hey man, this stuff is in the Bible. Hey man, this stuff is in is the core of alchemy. This and what I'm saying, when you get this in your head and you actually look, you'll find it everywhere. You'll see this. So here's the alchemical wedding and the alchemical marriage. On the left, you have, I forget what his name is, and he's like, oh, I say we let the boy give it a try. There's the feminine aspect. On the right, it's the burly man. He's like, that's right, I say we let the boy give it a try. 
That's the masculine and feminine as God intended in the beginning, merged as one into the holist being, the perfected man, the Adam Kadmon that's within you. And who's in the center? That's supposed to be you. That's you pulling the sword from the stone. 73 watching. <laughs> that's annoying me this morning. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> so... Then Moses, and they say unto him, but Moses said, it's totally cool if we divorce these. We take this man and woman, they're speaking exoterically. Jesus is speaking esoterically. They're not understanding. They're like, but Moses said it was totally cool if we separate these people. And he said unto them, Moses said this because of the hardness of your fucking hearts. Just as we said, where did Jesus heal the multitudes? They gave us the patterns in the sky to point this out. The hardness of your hearts. Where did he heal them? In Judea, in Leo, the heart. Not seven, six lines later, what's happening? Moses uh, Moses said it was totally cool if we get divorced. Yeah, he said that because he recognized that you're not going to be enlightened. You're not pulling that sword from the fucking stone. You guys, are, you guys are evil inside. You're wicked. You don't have that softness. You don't have that heart. You don't have that compassion. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. That's not how God intended this. Moses only said it was cool you guys did it because he's like, you guys are screwed. Your spiritual life is in a cluster screw. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, unless she cheats on you, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whosoever marry her, marrieth her, put away, is, uh, is, which is put away, awful doth commit adultery. It's basically saying it's like that, that woman ruined the, the sacrament of marriage by cheating on her husband. And it's like, she's, she's already, you know, that sort of thing. And his disciples say unto him, then his disciples ask him and say, if the case of the man be so with his wife, is it not good to marry? What happens if the man does this? What happens if the man does this? This is Jesus's reply. Listen to this. This is Jesus's reply. 1911. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, say they to whom it is given. Jesus is speaking entirely cryptically here. He's saying, You're asking me a question. I'm telling you, uh, not all men are going to receive this. What does it mean to receive? It's Kabbalah. Kabbalah means to receive or to give, right? It means to, that God is giving you something. You're receiving it, okay? Saying, Oh, well, all men are not going to receive what I mean here. I'm speaking about the alchemical marriage. You're asking about divorce. Then, how do we know this? Then the next line, Jesus out of nowhere starts talking about castrated people. Wait, we were talking about weddings and now we're into castration? What's going on? 1912. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Then he says this. Again, he reiterates it. He repeats it. Hey, guess what? Some of you people are going to get it. Some of you are not. Let's talk about modern Christianity. Do any of them get it? He that is able to receive it, comma, let him receive it. He says it twice, to receive. Those who are Kabbalistically ready to receive this information, they're ready. What is a eunuch? Which actually, before we get onto that, what is Jesus saying here too? When he says, all men cannot receive the saying, 
save they to whom it is given, comma. Then he go down and said, ah, he, he is, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. What is he saying? This is the difference between the teachings of God and the teachings of men. And this is why, you know, we're Gnostics. And this is why, in, in my opinion, Christianity, not even my opinion, I'm saying if you actually do your due diligence and are being honest with this stuff, you'll find out Christianity is Gnosticism. It's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. There's, there's the two ways you can go. You can go to the teachings of God for he taught them as having one authority and not as the scribes, or you can go to the teachings of men. There's two ways you can go. You can listen to God and his eternal realities, or you can listen to a bunch of men tell you how this world is, how life is, that sort of thing. Okay. And this is what Jesus is saying. There's some people that are going to hear, that are going to be listening to God. And there's some people that are going to be listening to men. And those people that listen to men are going to be castrated. Okay, Gnostics put their trust in God, not man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Gnostics embody faith by knowing their trust in the Almighty. They know it. Okay, What is a eunuch? A eunuch is a gelding. It means to neuter, to emasculate. That's what he's saying. A eunuch is a man who has been castrated. Okay? That's what a eunuch is. So now let's go back to this chapter in the middle of unbelievably cryptic sayings. And it says, okay, so for there are some people who have been castrated, eunuchs. We just got talking, we just got done talking about a wedding. The marriage, like the marriage, right? Marriage is like Moses said, hardness of your heart, the whole thing. Then Jesus is talking about castrated people. Why? Okay, all men cannot receive the saying, save them to whom is given. For there are some people that are castrated which were so born from their mother's wombs. Their mothers made them little little wusses and wimps and and by raising them castrated them took away their manhood what do i mean by manhood of course i'm not talking about manhood i'm talking about godliness i'm talking about christliness i'm talking about the perfected man i'm talking about the adam fucking cadmon that's what i'm talking about Okay, for there are some people that have, men have been castrated which were so born from their mother's wombs their mother took away their manhood and there are some eunuchs, some men that have been castrated, which were made eunuchs of men. That men, men outside, the teachings of men took away their, their manhood, took away that ultimate, that, that alchemical marriage, that holistic being, right? They raised them up as wusses or that sort of thing, that sort of thing, right? Then it says this, but then there be castrated men or eunuchs, which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So now they've castrated themselves. They did it themselves and they did it for what? The kingdom of heaven's sake. What are they talking about? This is the alchemical marriage. Those men, they castrated themselves. They became genderless. They became the Adam Kadmon. They embodied both the male and female traits and they did it for what? The kingdom of heaven's sake. This is the next line. This is, this is right after Jesus talking about marriage. And then all of a sudden, now we're into castration? What's going on here? Once again, Jesus is telling you many different times, I'm speaking cryptically. I'm going to mention it several times. You're not, some of you are going to receive this. Some of you are not. So after all of that, so right, so after he's teaching about the alchemical marriage and the alchemical wedding, then he says this. He says this, then were, then were there brought unto him little children. 
Oh, we just talked about the little children two weeks ago about the, you know, the, the, the whole point of what, why children, why children are angels and the, you know, the, 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 the virgin purity and they had, you know, they have it, they didn't go through that process where they have to like, you know, where they were taught a bunch of nonsense and they have to unlearn that stuff, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So the next line is this. So then they're bringing children over. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them. Once again, we're speaking all Kabbalistically here. The entire thing is the alchemical wedding, the alchemical marriage, Kabbalah to the T. Then the next line is Jesus talks about putting his hands, the healing of the hands. What is that? That 180. We talked about that. We'll cover it again. Right on those children. And the disciples rebuked them. It's like, no, this man is too pure. But Jesus said, suffer little children. Suffer just basically means to allow. Allow the little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. All he's doing is reiterating what we already talked about. Hey, that purity, that virgin purity, you know, that hasn't gone through the, the distortions and lies and all that sort of stuff in reality of, of, of life, that's what you're seeking. That childlike state. Then it says it again, 1915, what? And he laid his hands on them. Why? Why his hands? Why the power of the hands? All right, before we get going, let's do this. I don't have my guitar with me today, so, and we don't have our uh, P.O. box or anything like that or a mailbox up, so we're just going to do this. If you would like to support the fine work that we do here, um, Venmo, buy me a coffee, cash app. We really appreciate all the people that do keep this church going, allow this church to keep going. We do not keep, the only way we keep going is with your support and uh, buying books and, and that sort of stuff. So we appreciate all the people that do show up and actually pay attention and do support this because um, it's our life's work and we hope we can continue to do it. So God bless all of you. Thank you very much. 1916. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What's the one thing that I can do so that I can get up? So let's look at eternal. E-turn-all. E-eternal. Eternal. We'll, we'll deal with E in just a second, but E is the, is the number five in the cipher. I'm going to show you this a second, okay? E is, so everybody see that? There's the septenary cipher right there. Uh, e is the fifth letter there, and it's the number five, right? So it's five. So we're going to say there's um, five, a star, literally pentagram means penta is five, a star. Turn, that's how, that's how E turn, and then all. This is Polaris. So, and this is where we're going to show, I'm going to show you just the next few lines. As we've talked many times before, this is where you enter eternal life. And there's a main star there. It's called Polaris, and everything turns around the all, if the all, if you will, turns around a center star. It's like E turn all. So, I'm just saying, maybe it's just a coincidence, maybe, <laughs> or the people that made our language were freaking genius. Might have been God. <clears throat> and behold, one came and said unto them, "Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life?" And Jesus responds, and he said unto them, "Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one." That is, quote-unquote, that is, comma, God. So there's only good, what is he saying there? There is none good but one. There is none good but one. What do we mean? 
So we just got done with talking about, it's like, oh, in the beginning, no, it wasn't so. The hardness of your hearts is why you could get divorced. The twain were one. The two became one. It was one flesh. They were not separate in the beginning. Male and female with them. That sort of thing, right? And so he's basically saying, just, you know, you, why callest thou me good? Number one, looking externally, right? There's none good but one that's within here. That is God. If thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay, and of course, these are the, the, in, in the Ten Commandments. This is the gematria. I'm just going to show this really quick, okay? Okay. So, once again, I'm saying that all of this is about the merging of the man and woman coming together. Actually, I'm not saying what this is all about. Like, James Joyce is saying this, and like the Bible saying this, and then William Shakespeare is saying this. So, anyway, and I'm just listening to these guys because they seem to be pretty smart. So, the whole thing is about merging the man and woman together and then allowing that 365 of the, the, the light of the sun to rise within you, right? Okay. So, now Jesus is responding to this dude, and he's like saying, and this is what he says, okay? And he said unto them, or he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. Unity, bringing the merging the two together into one. There is none good but that one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay. This gematria total here is 460. Pay attention. <laughs> this is crazy. The gematria total is 460. It's talking about one. Once again, we always look at the properties of that number so we can know what number we're dealing with. Okay, so we look at the gematria total. So once again, none good but one equals 460 right there. We do the gematria total or the, the look at the divisors and everything of 460, the properties of this number. The sum of the divisors of 460 equals 1008. Okay, so gematria total is 460. We look at the properties of those numbers. It's 1008. That's the hidden number, if you will, within that number. What? Where do, where, where do we get 1008? Do you know where we get it? It's when two people join hands. It's when a male and female come together and join hands. More math. 28 phalanges of your hands. How do we get that? We add 1 through 7 equals 28. You multiply 1 through 7 and you get what? 5,040. Adding one through seven equals 28. There's there's 14 here and 14 here. There's the phalanges of your hands. You just multiply those same numbers. One times two times three times four times five times six times seven and you get 5,040. So do you know what happens when two people join hands? 5,040 added with 5,040, the alchemical wedding and the alchemical marriage equals what? One, zero, zero, eight. Let's go over this one more time. Jesus is saying, how do I get into heaven? Alchemical marriage, alchemical wedding. You bring them together and make them one. 460. You do the gematria total, or you do the, that's the gematria. You just look at the, essentially the divisors of this. It equals 1008. Multiply three, 1 through 7, 5,040. So what happens when two people join hands? 5,040 plus 5,040 equals 1008. That math is encoded in the very verse that Jesus is telling him to merge opposites. How do we do it? You make them one. You merge the male and female. And how do we get that from his hands? Our hands. What did Jesus do? 
laid his hands on them. Bring the children over here. Let me lay my hands on them. 1918, and he said unto him, which, Jesus said, which, which commandments do I follow? Now, Jesus only gives him six. And so people ask, us, like, so you're not following the other four? No, he's just specifically speaking to this guy being like, well, you got to follow these commandments, right? So he's like, he said, oh, Jesus, which ones? Thou shalt, don't murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and shalt, and shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Of course, honor thy father and the mother, obviously honoring the physical father and mother, of course, but what, also what are we doing? Honoring the mother and father within, the merging of the two. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Why? Because you recognize the eternal spark that's within all. Okay? So, this is, when we talk about, I just want to cover this real quick. We talk about merging the man and woman, just as Jesus just showed us. Literally gave us the math for that, okay? To the T, to the right? When we look at this alchemical marriage and alchemical wedding, this is the merging of the man and woman. Honor thy mother and father, okay? You see this all throughout alchemy. You know, it's very, you know, there, there it is, holding the, the grail, the cup. This is Rebus, okay? Now, Rebus is one of the most like famous of these illustrations, whatever. One of my favorites, right? Lots of things going on with the Rebus. He's, he's in an egg-shaped sort of thing, of course. What is an egg? It's a reference to birth, right? And that sort of thing. You've got the merging of the sun and moon on the top there. What is that? That's the merging of the man and woman. Of course, you got him standing on a freaking dragon. He's slayed Draco, right? What's right below there? The circle in the square, squaring the circle. It's the, it's the, you know, the winged disc that heads up to heaven, of course. That's literally right up here, talking about all of that, merging the man and woman, the compasses in the square. Now let's look at all, it's got the seven planets, right? The seven heavenly, you know, celestial objects, if you will, right? So you have, you have the opposites on the, on the right there, or on the left here, you have what? You have the sun, or the, uh, the, excuse me, Mars and Venus, right? Because they're together, Mars and Venus, man and woman kind of thing, right? On the right, you have what? Jupiter and Saturn, right? Because they're kind of, when you say like, what's the opposite of Jupiter? Saturn. What's the opposite of Saturn? Jupiter. What's the opposite of Mars? Venus. What's the that sort of thing. What's the opposite of the sun? The moon, right? Okay. So you have all of these opposites, Jupiter and Saturn, Mars, Venus, sun and moon, circle and square, right? All of that sort of thing. Then what's at the top between the two heads of the male and female? It's Mercury. It's Mercury. Okay. Now, Mercury has been known as like it's Mercurius, Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus. Of course, we're doing hermeneutics here, of course, right? Her, Mercury is also known as, you know, it's a, well, this is a book. It's called A Brief Exposition of the Wonderful Water Stone of the Wise, commonly called the Philosopher's Stone. So here we have an alchemy. We have a reference to the Philosopher's Stone. It's a reference to Mercury, and it's a reference to this alchemical wedding. And they call it the Water Stone of the Wise, the alchemical lapis, the water stone of the wise. The sophic, of course, sofa, sophic is wisdom, right? Hydro is water and lith means stone. So the stone of the water, wise stone water. The, you know, the sophic hydrolith or the water stone of the wise. That is a chemical work, an alchemical work in which the way is shown. The way, what are, what, are we, what are we doing here? Of course, the way, the truth, and the life. That matter named and the process described mainly the method of obtaining the universal tincture. Universal tincture. What is the universal tincture? Of course, that's the that's the, you know, in this sense, it would be the bread of life, or it would be the 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 fountain of youth. It's eternal life. Universal tincture would be, of course, it would be, um, um, yeah. Anyway, so 
Mercury, the water stone of the wise, the image of, Merc of, the, of Mercurius and the lapis, the flesh glorified itself in its own way. It would not transform itself into spirit, but on the contrary, fix the spirit into the stone. Basically, the spirit is fixed in the vessel of the human being, right? And endowed the stone with all the attributes of three persons, Trinitarian. The lapis, therefore, may be understood as the symbol of the inner Christ, of God in man. This comes from Jung. I use the expression symbol on purpose. For though the lapis is a parallel of Christ, in alchemy, this is what Jung is saying, this is what I'm saying, I'm saying this is what most alchemists would say, absolutely, that the lapis or the alchemical stone or the philosopher's stone or mercury is a parallel of Christ, but it is not meant to replace him. This is not like alchemy Christianity. Uh-uh. That's what we keep saying. No, they're all one. On the contrary, in the course of the centuries, the alchemists tended more and more to regard the lapis, the stone, as the culmination of Christ's work of redemption. It's the great work. Um, it was the... Phileus macrocosmi as opposed to the son of man who is the Phileus microcosmi. Anyway, the image of the son of the great world, when you talk about that we're a reflection of the whole thing, tells us from what source it was derived. It came not from the conscious mind of the individual man, but from those borders, the regions of the psyche that open out into the mystery of cosmic matter. So basically what they're saying is this here, and what we keep saying, the alchemists were saying, that is Christ. That's an, that's an image of Christ, if you will. Now, when you reach this great work in the alchemical, you know, you, you, you finish the alchemical work, the great work, you're given what's known as the water stone of the wise. You're given the cube, okay? You're given, anyway, this is mercury. This is the element of mercury. What does it look like? I don't know, like it's, like it's a stone, but it's like watery. It's like fluid, like it's a liquid, right? And it's literally called the water stone of the wise, What's on the top, the merging of that man and woman on the top there? The, the holistic being that merged the male and female traits. He got the stone. He got the lapis. The water stone of the wise. Why is mercury considered this, the completion of the great work, the alchemical lapis, the philosopher's stone? Why? Well, look, it has no opposite. What's the opposite of the sun? The moon. What's the opposite of Venus? Mars. What's the opposite of Jupiter? Saturn. What's the opposite of Mercury? There is none. There is none. And that's why it's situated right smack dab in the middle of the man and woman. The Bible is alchemical to the T. <clears throat> Honor thy mother and thy father, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things I have I kept up from my youth. I did all these things. I didn't steal. I didn't bear fault witness. I, did, you know, I committed adultery. I didn't commit adultery. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't murder anybody. Right? And this is what Jesus says. Oh, I'll have to get into that. Oh, my Lord. There's a bunch of stuff here i got to get into. I'll go back. Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. So basically what he's saying is give, give up your material treasures. You're seeking out material treasures, and the treasure is what? It's the treasure that's in the chest. What's in the chest? 
It's the Leo, it's the heart. It's where Jesus healed all those people. That's where the work is done. Then come and follow me. You were focused on all this shit down here and having your possession. Now, is there anything wrong with having wealth or anything like that? No. Even the Bible will say it's not money. It's the love of money. So there's nothing wrong with having wealth or that sort of thing. But if that's what your focus is, if that's all your intent, then forget heaven. It's not for you. That's what Jesus is saying. Then Jesus says, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. He's like, God dang it. I'm not getting into heaven. Why? Colon. For he had great possessions. The state of having, owning, or controlling something, the state of being controlled by a demon or spirit. What is the item of property? Something to belong to someone. The devil loves the materialist because possession comes from one's possessions. You're clinging on to the things that are material in this world. And Jesus is like, oh, you, d you didn't steal and you didn't commit adultery and you didn't do all these things, but you are still clinging on to the gold here as opposed to the gold, the alchemical gold that happens within here. Okay, I want to show you this. So that's all from honoring the mother and thy father. All of this, the eunuch, the, the marriage, this is what, so once again, so now I'm saying, once again, this merging of the man and woman, mother and father within, to make the holistic being, to allow that sun to rise within you, right? That's all about growth. It's all about spiritual growth, right? That's what the whole thing is. The great work is all about spiritual growth. Well, how do we, if you were going to correlate that, that spiritual growth, to a mathematical constant. Do you know what that mathematical constant would be? It would be E. I'll show you why. This is the verse. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the verse in which he's saying that you're, you know, right, to merge the alchemical man and woman. This equals 272. Do you know what 272 is? It's a, it's a common abbreviation or approximation of 2.718. 2.72 is used as much as 3.142 is used, as opposed to 3.1415, etc., right? This is E. It's the mathematical constant of E. It's actually found in the Greek name of Jesus Christ, but E is known as Euler's number. It's a mathematical constant approximately equal to 2.718, and it's a natural exponential function. It's innate within the process of growth. Innate, inherent, Natural. In other words, this mathematical constant is a constant that's used in order to calculate growth. This is what financiers do, like bankers and shit. They use E all the time. And what do they do? They literally use it to calculate growth. Jesus is giving, this number has been given to you in an entire chapter about what? What is this guy asking to do? How do I grow, Jesus? How do I, how do, I do it? How do I get that eternal life? How do I grow? Then the very verse that gives you, that easily answering him, gives you the mathematical constant of natural growth. I'm not shitting you. 2.72, is a common abbreviation and approximation of E. This number is found directly within the Greek name of Jesus Christ. We're not even going to cover that today. Do you know where else you find 272? This is the verse. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 272. You know what else is 272? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. It's the 12 months of the year. We're going to see he's about to reference 12 around 1. You know what else is 272 in English? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 12 around 1. 272, 272. The very verse in which he's talking about, hey, how do I grow? How do I grow spiritually? 
well, we'll give you a mathematical constant of growth. I'm going to show some more math just because we have time. Here's mother and father. Just so you guys know how absolutely embedded all of this stuff is into our language. This is what I'm trying to get into your guys' head today. Here's mother and father. Mother equals, mother equals 26, father equals 30. Do you know what that equals? 56. Do you know what happens when you bring two hands together? 28 and 28. I'm going to bring my 28 together with Jennifer's 28. And do you know what that's going to equal? 56. It's the alchemical wedding. It's the alchemical marriage. It's encoded within the very terms. Mother and father. How about the properties of the number 28 on her hands? Do you know what it naturally equals? Sum of divisors, 56. Naturally, 28 times 2 is what? 56. Properties of the number. Here's mother and father. Here's the properties of the number 28. All of this math is what? Merging hands, bringing hands together, two sets of hands together. It's exactly what it is. Here's 28. Here's the, here's the words 28. Do you know what it equals? 56. Mother and father. 28. 56. 56. One more. This reference is Twitter. Do you know when I was saying, hey, why did Twitter use 140 characters? And I said, well, it's because they're Kabbalists and they're occultists. It's because I'm right about that, just so you guys know. <laughs> it's so they're Kabbalists and occultists. So they used 140 characters because they're fucking sick and they don't give a shit if you know this stuff. Marty cares if you know it. Marty cares deeply. Add 30, add 26 through 30. Add, add mother through father. And what does it give you? The 140 characters of what? Twitter. Where did they get that? The seven colors of the rainbow. It's all a review. red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet equals 140. Square the first seven numbers, it equals 140. Now, the merging of the man and the woman, honor thy mother, thy father, the alchemical wedding, the alchemical marriage. What's 26 through 30? It's 140. Go sell everything and you will have the gold that's in the treasure chest that's in here. You will have that Lion of Judah. And said, uh, 1923, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says this, <laughs> And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, so what are we talking about here? This is more star study. Okay, so again... 1924. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel. Who's the camel? The camel is Camelopardalis, which is literally right by Polaris. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for Camelopardalis to go through Polaris. In other words, Polaris is a tiny, small star. Camelopardalis is actually a pretty big constellation. It's actually bigger than Cassiopeia. If you see Cassiopeia, it's a pretty big M in the sky. <coughs> Camelopardalis is pretty big. So Camelopardalis is not going to fit in Polaris. Okay, so again, I say unto you, it is easier for Camelopardalis to go through the eye of the needle, which is Polaris, than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, so in other words, we keep saying that Polaris is the point, the still point in the heavens in which your soul enters up and out and into total unity with God, eternal life. We're not saying that. The, the Hebes are saying that. The Hebrews actually 
cultures across the world, as we found are saying this, they literally tell you where the heaven of heaven is, God, all of that sort of stuff, right up straight north in Polaris. So Polaris represents the point in our cosmology where the soul travels up and out of the firmament into total unity with God. This is culture, as we saw, the Ajbe said this, and cultures across the world have said this shit, right? It's the opening line of the Poetic Edda, by the way. Tells you exactly where eternal life is. Literally the op- like first three lines of the Poetic Edda. So the camel is camel of Pardalis. It can't fit through the eye of the needle because the eye of the needle is Polaris because that's where you go to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, hold on. This is just nuts. So then I said, okay, so how do you enter in the kingdom of God? You got to merge that mother and father, that sort of stuff. So then I said, hey, look, um, they gave you the mathematical constant of growth while they're giving you this. So 272, right? And then I also said, well, that 272 is is referring to this 12, 12 around one, right? It's referring to the 12 months out of the year. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, etc. 272. Adding 1 through 13. 272. What is that? 12 around 1. 12 around 1. It's the, you know, if, if you will. And what's in the center? Polaris, if you will. Okay. Now, now that I've said all that, this is the gematria of this verse. Watch this shit. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I did this. Absolutely insane. Here's... And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This is what this equals in Gematria. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It equals 354. Do you know what 354 is? This is the Gematria total. It's 12 lunar months. A lunar month is 29.53, 29.5 days. 29.5 times 12 is 354. The very verse that they're telling you exactly where to get into heaven, exactly where the kingdom of heaven is, exactly, even put camel right there, that sort of thing. Then they're saying around that is what? It's the galal, it's the the wicked winds, it's it's the 12 around one. It's 12 around one. That's exactly what it is. Then what do they give you? a lunar calendar of 12 months in the very verse that tells you about Polaris, the center. Absolutely insane. Absolutely. (sighs) Then they even tell you this, the next line. So then it's 1925. And when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. They're like, holy shit, Jesus, my Lord, you are speaking some damn truth here. Not only are you telling us about the mathematical constant of E and the alchemical wedding and the alchemical marriage and how to enter into the kingdom of heaven, where that is and the camel that's not getting through there. You're also going to give us the math to that shit? Yes. Yes. Just so you know. (laughs) Uh, Just absolutely insane. Then he goes on and reiterates that hey, in order in order to get in order to do this, you're going to need to be a Gnostic. In order to do this, you're going to need to be a Gnostic. This is what he says, 1926. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, "With men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible." Literally, exactly what we we talk about all the time: the teachings of God, the one authority. There is only one, but God. Why are you saying I'm good? There's just the one. For he taught them as having one authority, not as the scribes. This is the teachings of God as opposed to the teachings of men. Guess what else they're going to do in this verse? Well, they're going to give you some more gematria 
to point to what, where that God is and what that God is. With men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. This equals 230. Once again, we're just going to do the same thing. What's the occulted number within 230? Right there. See, the, there's Gematri total, 230 right there. There's the divisors. What are the sum of the divisors? The occult number within this, 432. What's 432? Well, I think, once again, I'll just cover this quick. If you guys have been following along, if you have the book, Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> you'll find out that if you multiply Jesus, he gives you a pair of dice. He gives you 4,320. He gives you the paradise. He gives two Kabbalah cubes. He gives you two cubes. The Kabbalist that's talking all about Kabbalah and alchemy is talking about his hands and laying them on and then the ten emanations of God. And then he's going to give you two cubes. Makes total sense. So, um, I am the God, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and Moses did his, uh, face for he was, or hid his face, excuse me, for he was afraid to look upon God. That equals 432. So anyway, so this here, this, this line is just like, look, um, you're following men. 1927, then Peter the hat, of course, Aries, and said unto them, "Answer, uh, Peter, uh, behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have thereof? Therefore. Okay, so then Peter's like, dude, we followed you. We did all this stuff. We followed you. We merged the man and woman and all that sort of stuff. And then Jesus answers and said unto them, 1928, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the way, of course, in the regeneration of, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What did we just get done with doing? They just gave you the math for what? One through thirteen, twelve around one. Then it gave you the, the math literally for the, for the you know, 12, uh, 12 months of the year. Then the camel of Pardalus, the eye through the camel of the needle thing, what did it give you? The math for twelve lunar months. Straight up. You can double check all of it. Then, a couple lines later, what do they tell you? Now you're going to follow me in that way towards Polar Polaris. And we're going to go up and out of this bitch. Right? And then you're going to sit up there. And there's going to be 12 thrones circling around you. We're the 12 tribes of Israel. So let's pick this baby apart. 1928. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, That ye which have followed me, in the regeneration, you followed me in the way, the truth and the life. You lived that total truth. You weren't clinging to shit down here and looking for a bunch of gold. You found the treasure in your heart. You went up. You followed me in the way towards Polaris. In the regeneration. What's the regeneration? Of course, what does it mean to be regenerate? That means your death and resurrection. Your, your soul, your spirit has been regenerated. When the Son of Man, the light of man, the 365, they literally gave you the math in the verse. The Son of Man that still sit in the throne. What is the throne? It's the one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven in the center of his glory, the glory of what? Polaris, ye shall sit upon the twelve thrones. What's the thrones? The tw and, and, and ye shall also, uh, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What is the twelve thrones and the twelve tribes of Israel? What is it? It's the houses of the zodiac. What's the throne? It's Polaris. He's saying, Jesus, Peter's asking him, like, what's going to be our reward? Everything. The whole thing. You know when they say that the meek shall inherit the earth? What does it mean to inherit? It means you're going to own it. 
means you're going to be one with God. What does God do? Owns everything. Get it? He's telling you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be with God judging all these. Be like, you finished the work. You did the great work. And now you're going to be like, eh, we want everybody else to finish the great work. Twelve tribes of Israel is, of course, clearly the twelve houses of the Zodiac. And we'll do a whole deconstruction of the twelve tribes of Israel. It's a lot easier than the twelve disciples, that's for sure. But you can even see some of them. It's like, okay, well, what's, Le what's you know, Lion of Judah? Of course, that's Leo. It's not, you know, it's, this is twelve around one. This is what this is all about. When we talk about twelve around one, as they're saying just in this verse, right? You're going to sit in the throne and there's going to be twelve around you. What is this? What are they saying? This. This is, of course, the 12 disciples of the Zodiac around, but this is the Zodiac man. It's saying you're a reflection of the whole thing. Christ is in the center. It's all going to revolve around you. When you get up there, that's what's going to happen. Nineteen twenty-nine, And everyone that hath forsaken... Now listen to this, right? And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother. Wait, weren't we just supposed to honor thy father and mother? Now, Jesus is saying, forget all of them. Just forget them all. Um, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake. Forget your children, and your lands, and your wife, and your mother, and your father, and your sister, and your houses. And just forget all of that stuff for me. Jesus, you're a dickbag. What are you saying right now? What is going on here, right? You do all this and you shall see, receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. When we talk about inherit, it means you're going to own it. You're going to own everlasting life. You're going to be one unified with God. And in order to do this, you have to forsake, which means forego and that sort of thing, houses and your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your wife, children, lands. What? What? Okay. This is, so let's go, let's, let's check this out here. Okay. This is, this is one from, this is one that somebody had asked about. This is Luke, and we'll, we'll go over this at some point, but Luke um, 14, 19, uh, 14, 26, I think this is what this is. Um, this is what Jesus says. Listen to this. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, uh, yea, and his own life also, you cannot be my disciple. What? What? We're, so in order, if we're supposed to read this literally, as most Christians do, right? As we just saw, Jesus can speak to disciples and all sorts of people, speak completely esoterically. Here's Jesus. He's speaking on this level. And the people that don't understand him are way down here. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? This is what he's doing here. Okay? So he's saying, I, I just said, honor thy mother and thy father and blah, 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 blah. And honor, respect the neighbor as thyself. And now I'm going to go and say this. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brother, and sisters, yea, and his own, you hate your own life, you cannot be my disciple. What the hell are we talking? What is he talking about here? So we're supposed to hate our own families and ourselves. What? What is this? This is a contradiction. So we go from honor thy mother and thy father and shall love thy neighbor as thyself to this. Forget everybody, your brother, your sister, your houses, your mother and father. This is in the same verse or same chapter. That's an enormous contradiction. Why is that there? Contradictions. And I actually had this conversation with um, Jaron. Jaron Campanella, where he was basically just, you know, tearing down the Bible and stuff like that. And rightfully so, because he was basically arguing with a bunch of literalist Christians that would be like, there's no contradictions in the Bible. That's what literalist Christians say. There's contradictions in this chapter. What are you talking about? So Jaron was like, these people are idiots. And he's kind of right about that. But Jaron's wrong about this. It's just is what it is. Contradictions in literature is a, is a 
well-known thing like within classic works of literature. A reason a contradiction is there is to get you to think, is to get you to ask questions, is to get you to be like, what in the world is going on? Why is there a contradiction here? Honor thy mother or thy father. Forget them all, huh? Contradictions in literature, they form, they, they come in a bunch of different forms in a, a bunch of different ways. Paradoxes, oxymorons, antithesis, contrast, irony, right? Here's the opening line to Ch uh, Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities, okay? Uh, this is considered, they even say it's, it's um, in a series of neatly contrasted superlatives, the prolific book, uh, Victorian novelist captures the zeitgeist of the French Revolution era. This is a iconic opening to a book. And listen, it's full of contradictions. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Wait, what? It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of darkness, foolishness. It was the, it was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spread of hope. It was the winter of despair. This is the opening line. What are they doing? Contradiction after contradiction after contradiction after contradiction. What are they doing? They're trying to get you to think. The reason that this is here is because there's... The reason that we have this contradiction is because he's literally told you earlier. He's like, some of you are going to receive this. And some of you are not. And the people that are like, contradictions, see, there's country. You're not going to receive it. Because you're trying to read something literally that's not meant to be taken literally. Do you know why contradictions are there? First off, and then we'll, and then I'll explain what this contradiction means, what, why he's even saying this. This is what Albert Pike says. When people have read this and be like, "See, he's a Satanist." No, Masonry, like all the religions, all the mysteries, Hermeticism and alchemy. Of course, that's what we're dealing with here. Conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and sages. This is exactly what Jesus is doing. Or the elect. This is exactly what Jesus is doing. Some of you are going to receive it. Some of you are not and uses false explanations and misinterpretations of its symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled, to conceal the truth which it calls light. Jesus is specifically concealing truth and light from what? A bunch of Hebrews that had a hardness of their heart. They didn't, they didn't earn it. They, they did not earn to receive that light. So he's, he's going to give you a bunch of false explanations like, oh, we're going to speak in marriage here, but it's actually speaking about complicated marriage, that sort of thing. So now we have this here. Let's look at this contradiction here. So honor thy father and, father and mother, thyself, love thy neighbor, that sort of thing. And then he says this, forsake the houses and the brethren and sisters and all that sort of stuff. What is he talking about? Just as this entire chapter was talking about, this is Revelation, oh, excuse me, I'll get that. Wrong one, sorry. Just this is, as this entire chapter was talking about, Jesus is like, I'm going to be speaking on a spiritual level. You guys are going to be existing on a physical level and this shit ain't going to jive. So why is he saying, forgive, forget all this, forget this, forget the houses, forsake the house of the brethren, sisters, the father, the mother, the wife, the children. Why? Because all of these things, if you look at them, they're all categories of what? Things that exist in temp the temporary. They're temporary externalities. Your brethren, the fathers, a wife, the lands. I live in Wisconsin. It wasn't always Wisconsin. So is it Wisconsin? Houses, sisters, mother, the children, all of those things fade because they're all things that exist, what? In the temporary existence. What is the eternal reality? What is the eternal reality behind all of it? Behind the whole thing. Honor thy neighbor as thyself. Why do we do that? Because we recognize that that neighbor has the spark of what? Lord, Jesus, Christ within them, which is what? The eternal reality. It's the eternal reality. And that's what he's saying to seek. He's like, just as he's saying, you're focused on the goal of the physical world, blah, 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 blah. And you're not seeking the gold of the spiritual world. 
So everyone, forget your houses and your sister and your mother and your children and your brother and your fathers, your wife, your lands, that sort of thing. I'm speaking mystically. And you're going to give all that up for what? For my name's sake. And what do we understand? If you have purchased the book, Lord Jesus Christ, 550 pages of a Kabbalistic uh, <laughs> deconstruction of the Lord uh, name, Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find out that what's in a name, everything. He's like, forget those temporary things and follow me to eternal life and recognize that that divine spark within. Where are we? Then he ends with this. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. And you know what? I'm actually going to forego that we'll, because it actually leads to the next chapter. And so we'll talk about it there. But basically when you say, well, hey, but many are the first that should be the last and the last shall be the first. This is clearly a reference to, you. I mean, you can see when they use language like this, this is a reference to what? Revelation. I mean, you mentioned this several times, but I am Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You know, that which is... Once again, Trinitarianism. This is what I mean when the Trinity is all over the damn Bible. You just have to understand how to read the Bible. Say the Lord, that which is in the present, that which was, which is the past, and that which is to come, which is the future, which is what? Comma, the Almighty. So when, once again, you have Christians and stuff like that, and they're arguing about Trinitarianism, you gotta, you really have to understand what the Bible's saying because the Bible gives you this all the time. Things like this all the time to help you understand what it really means. So the first and the last, I am the first and the last. So basically what he's saying is a lot of people that thought that they were going to be last, they're going to realize that that's on a circle, right? They didn't have very much money and they were just barely, you know, scraping by in life and things like that and stuff like that. But they were always living, they were always living in that way. So there are many that will be first, that were the last and the last will be the first. And then they'll realize that the whole thing exists on a big circle. Um, that's going to do it for us today. You guys are good parts. I really appreciate all the people, the, um, the few that do stop by and support the fine work that we do here. Um, if you would like to become a good bird star, you can become a Phoenix bird and a Kila bird. You can become a Cygnus bird, or you can become Tommy the Pete, my bird, Tommy the Bee, my bird. And we thank all the people that do, um, have supported at subscribe star and all, um, the donations and things like that. If you would like to, um, donate, Venmo, buy me a coffee, cash app. We really appreciate it. And of course we do have, uh, the church store. Um, we do have books, lots of books and Bibles and music and all sorts of stuff like that. So we really appreciate it. Um, do we have, uh, you're sending me. Thank you. Oh, do we have it here? Is that in the mail? Oh, da, 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 da. oh there it is. Oh, Luca Andre, Andrietta. Oh my God. Thank you so much. What? It's not working now. It's not working. Um, sorry, give me a second here. I apologize. Luca Andrietta, thank you so much. Gavin Cross, thank you so much, my brother. Franklin C. Russell, Krista, Lindsay Chapman, Paul D., Roland Peters, Chance and Jen Brew at Interverse, Jeremy Hines. I think some of these were last week, too, but it doesn't matter. Jeremy Hines, thank you so much. Um, Nils Albaum, Eugene Jacques, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Ange, my brother. Daniel Haig, Daniel Hager. Jared Poole, God bless you. Thank you so much. John Vina, 
Love you, brother. GM Grassy. Love you, sister. Alicia Crawford. Love you, sister. Denise. Dennis. Nelissi. I think I said Denise a bunch of different times. And Dennis is probably like, you're a dick, dude. Daryl L. Uh, Papazoni. Perspective 96. God bless you, brother. I can't wait to see you. Interverse Podcast. Happy Marty Party to y'all good birds. Thank you, Mr. Chance. Andrew Masonette. Uh, much love. Mark Brotherson, here's for a new flap in the tent. God bless you guys on your new journey. Thank you so much. Perspective 96, here's to finding that seventh point and to building heaven on earth. That's right. That's what we're doing, Perspective 96. Building the freaking heaven on earth because we need it. We need it. In fact, um, the I am reverence this guy. Uh, he's on Instagram. He follows. He's on the Telegram chat and stuff like that. He actually just posted something. I was going to play it this morning, but it was from, a, I think, a Rosicrucian manual or something like that, but basically talking about how the, the next epoch will be run, will be ruled by esoteric Christianity. And this is what the Rosicrucians were essentially saying by the next world age and that sort of stuff. Interesting. So anyway, um, G's song, Griff, Spicy Sarah, and Josephine, love you. For last week especially, love you all. Thank you so much. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed last week. Virginia Dare, 555, thank you so much. Missing Church, away on vacation, we'll catch you later. John Vina, you're the man. Jeremy Hines, happy rising, my friends. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Uh, this comes from... Lindsay Sharman. You guys know Lindsay Sharman? She runs, she does uh, Zero. She does The Middle Path. She does Rogueways. She's a good bard. Lindsay's a good bard. Um, she says, There is always a path set before us. There is always a hand outstretched to hold us. And there is always a force of good walking with us. Jeremy Hines, quoting Lindsay Sharman. Much love. William Christie, th- uh, for you and Jen, being you and Jen, best wishes to you. As you set up shop in Missouri. Thank you so much. Angie A. Eric C. Thank you so much. Jer- Jennifer McLaughlin. I can't speak today for some reason. Teague Mackin. God bless you, brother. And then we've got all of the good birds. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Okay, that's going to do it. You know what, guys? We're going to listen to a song from my brother. My brother from another mother, Mr. Gregory Arcade. Mr. I don't think he goes by Gregory, but Mr. Greg Arcade. He just released a, r- a record called Soundtrack to the Collapse, which is an awesome album title and album cover, by the way. So um, that's pretty awesome. So we're going to listen to a song called This Is Revelation. Oh, I forgot to say one thing. Thank you to Content Safe for getting us on Pitch Shoot, Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, all of that sort of stuff. And we really appreciate that. Flat Earth app, Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. Sorry, I forgot to say these things. I always like to give them a shout out. And then Flattoberfest, we're gonna, uh, Flattoberfest, October 21st and 22nd. I don't think we're going to make it, but you guys should go. So we're going to listen to a song called This Is Revelation from Greg Arcade. You can get his records at um, gregarcade.com. Gregarcade.com. And then you should also go to the Griff Shop. I'm going to get me some Diagalon gear here pretty soon. I'm going to be sporting that shit. So anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for a wonderful Sunday. Thanks to all the people that do show up. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate that we even have any audience whatsoever. So anyway, um, God bless you guys. I'll see you um, next week. Maybe we'll try to stream sometime this week just for shits and giggles. Okay, that's going to do it, guys. As always, many blessings and much love. Oh, wait, no. No, no, no. I'm not going to give you many blessings and much love to all just yet. Because first I have to say this. I'm all over the place this morning. May you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. On to eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. I have to end every live stream with that. And then I will say this. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really love you guys. Thank you so much. As always, many blessings and much love to all. Let's rock out with Mr. Arcade.
watch in disbelief as the fires rise around you knowing all along that there's nothing you could do trying to perceive what you're feeling deep inside you anger grief and lust for the blood you want to spill knowing it ain't right knowing it's a lie doesn't mean a thing when they act intent to kill everything you are and everything you could be will still come to pass if they cannot break your will you can set the fire you can fan the flames burn them to the ground tear it down and start again this time without fear without hesitation burn out the infection this is revelation Set the fire, you can fan the flames, burn them to the ground, tear it 